The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Welcome to episode 33, and get ready for this awesome interview with Erin Rachel from Stethoscope and Sparkle. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. All right, you guys. Happy Friday. First of all, thank you so much for listening. And I am Savannah. I am a dermatology PA, the host of this pre-PA club podcast, and the creator of the PA platform. If you're new. If you're not new, you've heard that before. And I just want to say that I had a really hard time with that intro, trying to say stethoscope and sparkle really quickly did not go well, but I got it, I think. So anyway, I'm really excited about today's interview. I have said it in the past, but I just love being able to connect with other people in the physician assistant realm, whether it's students or PAs or whatever. So a while back, I I guess I, me and Erin were following each other. She goes by Erin Rachel on Instagram, and she's a PA student um, who is about to graduate. Like, within a month, she'll be a PA. So that was really awesome and fun to talk about. But um, it's so cool getting to actually talk to these people that I see pictures of all the time and feeling like I get to actually know them and then hopefully meet them one day at a conference or something. And it's just so fun. So anyway, we had a really great time talking in our interview about her journey to PA school, through PA school, um, and now finding a job because that's the next step once you become a PA. So I'm really excited. I think you're going to really like this interview and make sure that you follow Erin. She has both a blog at stethoscopeandsparkle.com and an Instagram. So I'll put those in the description so you can find them. She's also in our pre-PA club Facebook group. It pops in to answer questions. And so, yeah, a great resource for you to know about and also just an awesome, really funny person. Um, She's great. So really down to earth. I'm really excited for you to hear this. All right, here we go. Okay, so my name is Erin. Um, on social media, I go by Erin Rachel, and I am currently a second-year student um, on my last rotation before graduation from PA school. I currently go to the George Washington University um, before PA school. I was a CNA for like two years, and I run. I'm the person behind the blog Stethoscope and Sparkle. Awesome. Where um, did you go to undergrad? 
I went to the University of Florida for undergrad. Okay. Um, and I got my patient contact hours as a CNA at the University of Florida's hospital, which is U.S. Health Shams. Okay, cool. Um, going into college, were you pre-PA or did that come later? Um, so I have been pre-PA since I was like 16. Cool. Um, I had shoulder surgery in high school and mainly saw my orthopedic PA, who I thought was like the most fabulous person in the world. And he was really responsive at answering all of the questions that I had, which was quite a few of them. Um, and I just thought it seemed like a really good profession. My mom is an NP and she has never had anything but good things to say about PAs. So I knew that I wanted to be a PA going into undergrad. Interesting. So why not, why PA and not NP? So this is always an interesting, I get asked this question probably. Well, by you have a different perspective than somebody else. So, um, so my mom is an old-fashioned NP, and what I mean by that is she worked first as a CNA in high school, and then her her uh, hospital paid for her to get her RN in a, her like associate's degree in nursing, and then went back to school and got her BSN, and then finally went back to school and got her master's. So by this point, I think she had done like 15 years of ICU nursing before she went back to get her master's in nursing. And she is a firm believer that to be a good nurse practitioner, it's more helpful to have some of that floor nursing experience. Um, And she, you know, really instilled that in me at a young age. So I knew that if I wanted to do the NP route, then I would be going back to school later. And that's not necessarily something that I wanted to do. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, it's nice that you have that personal insight into the process yeah. a little bit more. Um, yeah. What was your major at Florida? Um, so I was a health science major. Okay. Um, which is kind of like a useless bachelor's degree. It's actually, um, it was like specifically designed at Florida for people who wanted to be like pre-PT, pre-OT, pre-PA, and pre-med. Um, so it let us fill in all of our like prerequisite classes. And then we were taking also like the U.S. healthcare system, (laughs) stuff like that. So Interesting. So you mentioned you worked as a CNA. Was that something you did before going to college or while you were in school or after? What was kind of your process in school from starting undergrad to applying to getting into PA school? So I got my CNA license in the state of Florida during my second year of undergrad, my mom was basically like, if you want to do medicine, you need to do this because we need to start getting you exposure. Um, cause she's a smart, wonderful woman. <laughs> and so that summer between second and third year, I started like randomly applying to CNA positions at Shams. Um, even though most of them required like experience and I had no experience and ended up getting a phone call and the woman was like, Hey, do you want this job? So I took my job. It was a full-time position. So I worked three 12 shifts. Um, and she was like, Oh, don't worry. Like later on you can cut down if you have to. 
never cut down. So I worked full-time and went to undergrad full-time. That is impressive. That's that's one of the things that I, when I applied, you needed experience, but not quite as much as you need now to be competitive. And so I just worked for a summer full-time, had plans to take a year off if I needed to, to work. Um, but yeah, you guys who like work and go to school and take all these ridiculous classes, I just, I don't know how, how you make that work, but good job. Um, I would say that I haven't slept in a couple of years. Okay. That's like how. my, my like sleep, uh, my time for sleep has definitely decreased, um, but I was lucky enough that like three twelves, I did it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and my college only had class Monday through Thursday. Okay. So that worked out. Yeah. So it worked out pretty much the way I did it was Monday through Thursday. I only focused on school. Like that's when I did all of my studying and like stuff like that. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I went to work, came home, ate dinner, went to bed, woke up and did it again the next day. Wow. Yeah. The one time I had like, 12s in a row was on my ER rotation, and they'll wear you out. Like, that is basically, like, by the time you get home, you want to eat and sleep, and yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Impressive. But it was a great experience, mainly because I did mid-surge for a while and then switched to pediatrics, so I kind of got to experience, like, two different things. And just the people I worked with are hands down some of the most like amazing individuals ever. And they were very encouraging and pretty much anything, anytime anything interesting went on, they were like, oh, go grab this person because she really wants to learn. And so that was helpful. Yeah, that's really nice. So did you apply to PA school while you were still in undergrad? Yes. Um, So I applied the CASPA cycle that opened my third year. Um, kind of thinking maybe I'll get in, maybe I won't, but at this point, like I had 2000 hours, so Mm -hmm. I was like, I might as well apply. Um, so then I did interviews during my last year of undergrad, which was challenging because it was flying to places and like the stress of interviews. And I was also finishing classes. Um, and then I ended up starting, PA school 31 days after I graduated from undergrad. Okay, so you went straight in, yeah. We had very similar paths. I applied about the same time, did interviews during fall semester. Luckily didn't have to fly anywhere, but did have to reschedule some tests, which my professors did not love. And and then I, I graduated in December, so I had a little bit of a break, about four months, and then went straight in. Because otherwise it would have been... Literally, I would have graduated on Friday and started on Monday. So, oh my goodness! <laughs> luckily, I was able to take a couple online classes to graduate early. Yeah, um, that, that sounds like it was smart of you to do. Yeah, that would have been not very fun. Um, so, thinking back on when you applied, which was a little while ago now, um, what did you find most difficult about the whole process? Um. So I'm going to be completely honest. I feel like I knew nothing when I applied. Like, I didn't go on any of, like, the PA forum. I wasn't in any of the Facebook groups. It was just, like, me as, like, a little single person and then one of my best friends um, and then another girl that we knew. And 
so I didn't have like some of the added stress of like comparing myself to other people, which I think was good. But at the same time, like I didn't apply as early as people say that you should. I, you know, didn't have some of the people who, you know, now we recommend write letter of recommendations, write my letter of recommendations. Um, so I think that was the hardest part is just, I was so clueless. Like I didn't know anything. Well, yeah. And I think over the past couple of years, there's been a lot more information available, but I mean, there, there's still probably a lack of information out there too. Right. The problem. Um, and then I would say that the other hardest part about applying was the waiting. I had so much anxiety waiting for interviews, then waiting to hear from interviews, just like that whole process, especially because like my best friend was going through the process at the same time and she got a lot of interviews like right off the bat and I didn't hear back until much later. So like I was constantly like calling my mom going like, what is happening? So that probably is actually the worst part. Um, yeah. How many schools did you apply to? Um, I applied to 12. And yeah, I applied to 12 initially. And then when I didn't start hearing back from schools, I applied to an additional three programs um, because I was like stressing out. <laughs> what were the results of that as far as interview invites? Um, so I think I got seven interviews, Nice. um, got waitlisted at a couple places and then got three acceptances. Okay. So you had some choices. Yes. When you came time to choose which program to go to, what played into your decision? That's something people ask about a lot as far as what you should look for in a program. And I feel like it's a very personal decision um what were your kind of must-haves so I definitely agree with you I think it's very personal um obviously so I only applied to programs that had accreditation so weren't on provisional because I was very worried about that um and I only applied to programs that had like a successful pants pass rate um and programs in cities that I felt that I could live in and I feel like those are like the top three things that you should kind of think about um when applying when it came down to deciding I ended up choosing GW because it was outside of my comfort zone um I thought that being at a program in a very metropolitan area which is the opposite of where I come from, um, being in a program that, you know, was such a hub of people from different cultures, um, and ethnicities would also be like very interesting because I thought it would make for like the best kind of learning experience. Um, and like, ultimately I can say that that was like a very smart choice on my end because like I have seen patients who there is no way that I would have ever seen them had I gone to a school in Florida. Okay. Um, just because their conditions and their life experiences are so different than the conditions and, you know, experiences that you do get in Florida. Interesting. So. Okay. Um, so getting to PA school, which you had to move for PA school, how was that? Uh, <laughs> so my mom and I, along with my cat, 
drove in a U-Haul for 17 hours. Oh. Um, <laughs> it went very well, actually. The worst part was that, like, some, I think it was Tropical Storm Debbie <laughs> had flooded the highway in South Carolina, and so we had to detour. Um, and then when we ended up staying in a hotel it was like a hotel that did not allow pets. So we like put my cat in a duffel bag and like snuck her into the <laughs> hotel. Um, but other than that, it like went very well. Um, you know, it was definitely an interesting experience moving. And I have learned that I do not believe that DC is the right place for me to live for the rest okay. of my life. But it was a great experience. Yeah. A short term experience. Yes. Short term. Um, how did you handle being in PA school and being far away from family, friends? Was that difficult at times or you made it work? Um, so it was definitely very challenging. I am fortunate in the fact that I have no significant other, which I think is a huge, you know, just additional stress for some people. Um, doing the long distance is very hard. Um, so I talk on the phone to my mom every day. It's just what I do. Typically when I walked home from class, I would call my mom and we would talk about my day and stuff like that. Um, and then she was fortunate in the fact that she was able to come visit me a couple times, which was very nice. Other than that, basically my friends are all in the medical field or want to be. So they understood that like, for two years, I was going to be kind of absent, which was mm -hmm. nice. Okay, so they're really understanding. Um, what in PA school, so you've done didactic year, you're in clinical year now. What, once you got to PA school, was the most surprising or difficult thing for you? Jumping um, in. So, people always say that PA school is trying to take a sip out of a fire hose. I thought they were totally full of it. Like, I did not think it was going to be that hard. You know, I, I did good in undergrad. Like, I was very smart, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, the biggest thing was just the shock in we would go through an entire semester worth of material for, like, my undergrad classes in two weeks mm -hmm. and then take a test on it. Um, and that was just like, so it was such a culture shock to like my system. I was so surprised by it. And then additionally, this is like very specific to me. I like extremely, I'm extremely challenged by taking tests on an iPad. It's mm, really, really hard iPad. for me. That's interesting. Yeah. So I am like, kind of person who when I hand back my test it's literally filled with like random notes I like underline highlight cross things out like draw pictures you can't do any of that on an iPad hmm. literally the only function we had was to x out an answer choice and that was very hard for me to get used to and definitely like impacted my grades on exams because I wasn't able to do the same kind of thought process that I had done in undergrad. So that was between the amount of knowledge that we had to learn and taking the test was like the biggest shock for me in PA school. Interesting. Yeah. We, ours are on the computer, but I think we still could take notes and like have a note, a little note sheet, you know, um, right. cause I'm kind of a writer. Like I need to write things out and all that too. So interesting. Yeah, um, it's very hard. yeah. So how 
how has clinical year compared to didactic year? I can't even stress <laughs> how much better it is. Okay, good. So much better. I was initially very worried because I was like, I just sat in a classroom for one year. I learned all of this knowledge. How am I ever going to be able to like apply it to a clinical situation? Like, how am I ever going to be able to remember all of it? Um, and like, I've been pleasantly surprised at how much I do remember, which is nice. And then additionally, I think that just seeing a patient and interacting with them and like being able to put like tangible experience to this like weird little sentence that you're reading in a book has been so helpful. Um, so yeah, it's been like a thousand times better than didactic here. <laughs> okay, good. Um, is there anything specific about GW that you think is interesting or cool or that people would want to know about if they were interested in the program? Um, so I would just, I would say that the biggest thing I think for GW so there's actually two. I would say that our faculty is very interesting. Um, quite a few of them are like very, very involved in the PA profession. And there's a lot of adv advocacy, which is very interesting. And then additionally, I just think that our clinical year experience is so unlike other places. Um, you know, we do rotations in DC and in Baltimore, which are both very like interesting cities. And then there are also like quite a few sites that are like spread out through the DMV area. And I haven't heard of like anyone having a horrible experience, you know? So I think that's very impressive as a whole. Yeah. Just good quality sites. That's awesome. Um, is there anything looking back since you're towards the end of your PA school journey? Um, is there anything looking back that you think you could have done differently that would have prepared you better? Um, so honestly, I don't think that there's anything that could have prepared me better because I, I don't think that there's any way to really prepare for PA school until you get there, because it's just such a different experience than any of the learning that you've had before. Um, maybe if I had to like really sit down, I, I guess I would say, I wish that going into it, I had listened more to those people who told me that it was going to be like taking a sip out of a fire hose. Um, and maybe been like smarter about some of my studying the first few weeks okay so what would you say to somebody and you probably get this question too like oh I got into PA school what can I do should I study anatomy should I try to learn pharmacology what should I be studying um so I <laughs> tell every single person don't study anything me too <laughs> uh I tell everybody relax spend time with your family spend time with your friends like catch up on sleep do that thing that you really want to do because you're not going to do it in PA school Yep. Um, I mean, there are definitely, I have classmates who like have gone out on the weekends and like done things like that. That was not the experience that I had. I did a lot of studying. Um, and you know, I tried to like study anatomy before PA school and study like medical terminology and I wasn't studying the right things. Like I didn't study the things that I needed to know for mm -hmm. PA school. So I think it's better just to like enjoy your time that you have you know, celebrate. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that is also my advice. Um, 
So, being that you're now kind of at the end and studying for your boards and all of that stuff, um, do you have any thoughts for after school? Is that something you've, like, started looking for jobs, know where you're going to be? So, I do know where I'm going to be. I do have a position. I'm not yet sharing what that position is. I'm waiting. Um, I am fortunate, though, that my position does not start immediately after school. Um, I'm going to relax and (laughs) work out because I have not worked out as much as I should for PA school. Um, And, like, spend time with my mom and, honestly, sleep. Like yeah. I'm looking forward to like sleeping, um, and then eventually, at some undisclosed point, I will start my job, and then I'll like go back into like being an adult and being like a functional member of society. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a little break. Um, did you find it difficult to find a job? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I chose not to do any rotations in Florida because it. So Florida, you need a car to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no public transportation. And I would have had to, like, drive my car down and then drive my car back to D.C. And, like, that would have been more stress. And, like, trying to set something up. I wanted to go with, like, a site that was predetermined, you know, that mm-hmm. the school had already done all of the groundwork for. So I didn't really have any in for, like, a job in Florida. And then additionally, the field that I, the few fields that I applied for were all fields that were like, we want one to two years of experience. Mm -hmm. I have no experience. (laughs) Um, you know, I tried to, you know, include in my cover letter, I'm a new grad, you know, I'm very moldable and shapeable. Like I, you will be able to, you know, build me into the person that you want in your practice because I don't have any bad habits per Mm -hmm. se that I learned at other places. Um, So I definitely found it more challenging to find a job because I was trying to go back to Florida um, and the fields that I wanted were (laughs) fields that needed experience. How early did you start looking and applying? Um, So I have been... I like to refer to it as creeping. I've been (laughs) creeping on job sites since August. Okay. Um, You know, because if I found that golden job, like the the, the golden goose, I was going Mm -hmm. to apply and hope that they would be willing to wait for me. Because why Mm -hmm. not? Yeah. Um, You know, and I also went into PA school knowing what I wanted to do. And then suffered a crisis of faith and decided that I did not want to do that. And then decided that I wanted to do something else. And then just, you know, had another crisis and changed again. So I've been looking for a long time at jobs. Um, I started actively applying in January, I would say. Um, So I graduate in May. My goal was to take the pants you know, two to three weeks after graduation, which is pretty typical for most people, I feel like, Mm -hmm. and then hopefully get started. And I felt like applying in January while it was still very early, hopefully not too early. Yeah. I I did a very similar thing. I graduated in August. So I started looking in January, started applying kind of February, March, and then was able to kind of have a job secured by my last couple rotations. So, um, 
the jobs, they're out there, you, but you do have to put in some legwork to kind of get them. Yeah, and um, you definitely have to be willing to compromise. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and I think that's something that, like, some of my classmates haven't reached the point where, like, they're willing to compromise yet, um, while as, mm-hmm. you know, others reach that point very early, so. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and I wanted to start right after, or right as soon as possible, so that was kind of my mindset, too. Um, thinking about rotations, have there, have you had a favorite, or was there any that you thought you would hate that you ended up not hating? Um, so I absolutely thought that I would hate women's health. Okay. I, you know, grew up in a conservative family. I feel very uncomfortable with some of the topics that you discuss in women's health. I thought it was like the most magical experience in the world. Um, you know, I did labor and delivery first, which was very interesting. Um, you know, I teared up and like had emotions every single time a baby was born. And I saw many, many, many of them be born. (laughs) Um, you know, and then even outpatient, like, I just thought it was so interesting because, you know, women's health, especially like screening for cervical cancers is one of the easiest, most preventable cancers out there, you know, and is a very significant one. And for me, it was so interesting to like actually be able to like impact something as big as cancer. Um, and then additionally, like there are just, I still feel like so many struggles for women in like the ability to make their own decisions when it comes to some of those things that I thought it was like, it was a very growing experience for me. I learned a lot, you know, both as a provider and like as a human being, which was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I had similar sentiments in thinking I wasn't going to like OBGYN and then I ended up really liking it. So, um, and that's, that's one field that you get to see a little bit of in, I think, no matter where you are. So even if, like, being in Durham, I deal with some of these issues. So it's um, interesting how things cross over a little bit. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely yeah. do. Um, so switching gears a little bit, what inspired you to start Stethoscope and Sparkle, like your blog and your Instagram and just sharing? Uh, so... This is a funny story because it kind of shows, like, how much of a dweeb I am. Um, I was on the phone with my mom. I had, like, gotten into PA school, and she's like, I think you need a hobby. (laughs) You need some sort of outlet during PA school so you don't get overly stressed because I don't want you to call me every day freaking out about Uh something. I was like, okay. And she was like, so you need to think of something creative. I am, like, the least creative person in the world. I genuinely have no idea how the name Stethoscope and Sparkle appeared in my brain. Um, And I sat down and was like, I'm going to start a blog. And I literally, in two hours, like, started my blog, knew nothing about it. Um, And I was like, you know what? My mom will read it. Maybe, like, my best friend Katie will read it. And it will be something. Like, I can just ramble about things on the internet. It will be totally fine. And... I was like, okay, well, what do I have to ramble about? And decided, you know what? I felt like I knew nothing when I applied to PA school. I didn't know any of these things that you were supposed to know. So I'm going to talk about PA school. And that's how my blog got started. That's awesome. (laughs) Again, impressive that you've been able to do that during school. So, I mean. It's definitely 
it's definitely been a challenge, um, you know, because I have to, like, remind myself to do things, and then sometimes I would be like, <laughs> I don't want to study, I'm just going to do this instead, so I had to, like, find a happy middle ground, and that took a while to find. Well, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Hopefully you'll continue once you're... Um, I'm hoping it will get easier to continue. Yeah, oh, it will. Well, I remember, so I, after graduation, um... And once I started working, there were about six months where I was honestly exhausted. Just my brain was so tired from trying to learn every day and pick up everything. So I would come home, and if I sat down, I wasn't getting up. Like, I would fall asleep on the couch. So that was about six months. And then after that was when I was like, all right, I'm good now. What's next? And I started my blog. So, um, yeah, give give yourself some grace at the beginning because... It can be a little intense, but it's fun, too, when you're actually doing it. It's just a lot, so. Yeah, and I definitely can say that, like, I'm very happy that I decided to make it geared towards pre-PAs because I have gotten, like, so many people who have been, like, wow, like, you have really inspired me. Like, you've been so helpful, and, like, I never thought anyone was going to read it. So, like, to me, it makes me feel like I'm actually giving back, which is why I wanted to go into medicine in the whole place, you know, yeah. is to give back and like help others and, you know, hopefully make like the whole experience of life somewhat easier. So, That's awesome. you know, it's interesting. Oh, <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. And um, I'll link to all of your stuff in the description so everybody can follow along with you and um, check out your blog and your Instagram and find out about your, your job in the near future. <laughs> yes, very soon near future. Like uh-huh. 30 days. Yeah, that's exciting. Oh, so exciting. (laughs) Well, you'll do great. I don't know about you guys, but I think Erin is going to be an awesome PA, and I can't wait to see where she ends up. And I guess we'll have to wait on social media to see what her announcement is as far as her upcoming job once she graduates and hear what she has to say about boards, passing the pants. I know she's going to pass and all of that. So I hope you enjoyed that. FYI, CASPA opens next week, so if you don't know that, it's important, Um, and so yeah, be on top of things, Um, but if you have questions, feel free to email me, message me on Instagram, you can follow me at the PA platform, there are some giveaways right now going away for the PA school interview guide, so if you're applying this cycle, Make sure you're following me, and I will give you the heads up for everyone doing a giveaway. There are going to be a lot of them, so make sure you're following. Um, Get on the newsletter. All these links are in the description, but I want to make sure you're as prepared as possible and that I can help you in whatever way I can. So have a good weekend. Try not to stress about PA stuff, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.